what I said was, the morning tastes good. <laughs> And uh, your response would be, istakun. Uh, so I'd say, the morning tastes good. You say, istakun. That's the Aleut version of right on. <laughs> and I said that um, I, I, I am Aleut. My people have been out in the Bering Sea for 10,000 plus years. We're still there. Uh, which is rare for indigenous peoples. And um, uh, I come from the people of the sea lion. The sea lion are to us like the, um, the uh, bowhead whale are to the Inupiat, or the bison are to the plained Indian. So um, we uh, have developed a very sophisticated culture. And um, I was raised in a very traditional way. Um, the traditional way included um, having to be with my grandfather for 24-7 for two days, uh, two years, uh, nonstop, starting at age four, and a traditional mentor at age five until I was 13. He took me under his wing, and he taught me all I know about being a man, about being in a relationship, uh, and um, about fish and wildlife and about the sacredness of all creation. But yet, in, from age five to age 13, he may have said no more than 200 words to me. Stop talking is really an important thing that I'll discuss. Um, now, I'm up here without any uh, notes or something to read from. That's because, you know, uh, an elder in the interior of the Yukon, uh, uh, he and I used to exchange video ta uh, video, uh, tape recording, and he said, anybody who has to get up in front of a group of people and speak from a piece of paper has no business being there. <laughs> so I, I did it. And uh, it took a leap of faith to do it. Uh, I used to wonder how the elders could speak so eloquently and not have any notes. And I found out why. Um, it shifted myself from the mind to the heart. And it allows me to engage energetically with all of you rather than concentrating on what I'm going to say. And I pray that I receive whatever it is I need to receive to say whatever I need to say that might make a difference. Um, so anyway, uh, this traditional upbringing uh, was very rich, and I learned a lot. I learned how to be present in the moment, how not to think um, uh, in, in, uh, be in words, uh, how to be, how to use the entire intelligence of the human being, uh, the gut feel, the, the uh, uh, five senses, the 
uh, intuition, the heart sense, and, and operate from there. And it's a very powerful place because it, it uh, brings the magic back into our lives in this way. And, and most of you probably have never experienced it. And I would like for you to experience it because it is going to be necessary during this time. Um, and to be, you would think that, you know, this society says that the intelligence is, is in the head, but no. The intelligence of the whole human being, the real human being, is the entire makeup of the human being. And it can operate without thought. The Yupik elders, the southern Eskimo in, in Alaska, call this the, the reverse society, or the inside-out society, where we reversed all the laws for living. <laughs> you know, uh, the, the heart used to tell the mind what to do. Now the mind tells the heart what to do, and we can't tell the difference if it's heart or mind. And, um, you know, we used to honor the elderly, and now we honor youth. We used to contemplate the mystery of life, and now we contemplate the mystery of death, or rather opposite. We used to contemplate the mystery of death, and now we contemplate the mystery of life. So much so that we have put our, our elderly in old folks' homes and senior centers where they vegetate. And um, it's a waste. It's a waste of, of intelligence and of wisdom. And I hope that I will live to see the day when we bring them back. Now, when I was 16 years old, I was um, contemplating and lamenting about um, my plight, about the, the kind of history, even though I had this beautiful uh, history of my traditional culture, we were also slaves of the U.S. government. Prior to that, we were slaves of the Russian people, Russian government. And uh, very few people really know this story. It's the greatest untold story I'm told, of the uh, civil rights movement in the United States. We achieved our political independence in 1966. And uh, we were treated very badly by the U.S. government. Houses were owned by the government. Um, the uh, land was owned by the government. And our, our people were owned by the government. They censured letters going in and out of the island so that we, they, uh, the outside would not hear about what was happening to us on the Kerbalos. And uh, they, they would, uh, protest would be dealt with by jailing, uh, loss of job, loss of home, demerits uh, from uh, food rationing, uh, or ultimately deportation off the island, but deportation without your family. And that, uh, you know, I remember as a child when the first time I went to see the dentist, um, there were three local guys there that were really young, um, but, you know, in their 20s, and I was like seven years old, and I wondered why they were there, and I found out very quickly. One was to hold my feet, the other to hold my arm, the other to hold my head while the dentist drilled down 
into my teeth without painkillers. And we used to go home with, with uh, 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 faces that were bloated up and eyes practically shut. And our parents knew exactly what to do. We, they would have us bite on uh, tissue paper that's filled with uh, perfume. And so uh, I found out later it was the alcohol <laughs> <laughs> that numbed out the feeling. Uh, but it really worked. You know, that's the kind of thing that happened to us. And uh, we achieved our independence in 1966 and after a uh, U.S. Human Rights Commission investigation uh, and uh, congressional investigation. But it's something that even despite the congressional investigation, very few people have heard about that. Well, at 16 years old, I went, I was lamenting about uh, we lost our um, um, ability to make these fantastic masks. And uh, I decided I would go to the oldest man in the island. He was 88 years old at that time. And um, to ask him, because his grandfather was the last shaman on St. Paul, and was shamans that knew how to make the most powerful masks. And so I went to him and I told him my story about and my lament. And he says, no, it's never been lost. You go out to the, to the beach and you clear your head and center yourself and um, set your intention and wait. Now, that sounds easy, but really, uh, uh, get, uh, getting out of your head means no thought. So I could do that. I, may, I was able to develop this uh, ability to have no thought when I was six years old. And so no thought and then center yourself is proverbially meeting in your center of yourself. And setting intention, can you imagine setting intention without thought? What is that? <laughs> it's actually having every cell of your body set that intention. We all have that ability. I'm just a messenger. Um, we have that ability and, and, you know, don't put me on a pedestal. I'm no different, no more, no less than you are. So what I'm sharing with you, I'm hoping would uh, jar your memory of these things. Well, we would, um, so I would set my intention, then I sat there for hours, and then pretty soon a small black hole shows up in my mind's eye. And out of that black hole, it, it got bigger and bigger, and then out of it poured a hundred or so masks. Each totally different. And I was amazed. I thought, well, you know, I'm not an artist. And how could this happen? So I went back to the old man and I asked him, he said, well, good boy. You touched the center of the universe, the womb at the center of the universe. And uh, this is a place where our people got our information. Uh, where we got our original instructions and our natural laws. And uh, this is when I first discovered 
this thing and why women were always considered sacred. Because inside of women is the identical field that creates and has creativity and uh, as this field at the center of the universe. This exists, it's real. And the women, uh, um, uh, it was the women that would uh, initiate our shamans. And we were egalitarian, but the women had their ro role and they were the leaders. And uh, so they would guide our shamans and our people on the, these ways that everybody got. To, and it was the source of uh, or the original language of one, where we could talk with anything in creation. It's very powerful. And the Hopi and Maori, they say, uh, women are going to be restored to their place as original healers during our time. There was a pendulum that swung back and forth between masculine imbalance and feminine imbalance. And uh, it was like four to 6,000 years ago that the last imbalance occurred and we're still in it, and it's masculine imbalance. It is the most salient point that I hope that you would get about this way, and that is that um, um, these, the masculine imbalance meant that all goddess cultures would be destroyed, all women would be destroyed or violated, Mother Earth-based cultures, and Mother Earth herself. And that's exactly what has happened. But they knew that this, uh, there was a way to um, have a message to the coming generations. And so they hid the, the teachings, the sacred teachings. Before, it used to be uh, uh, the same all over the world, but templated uh, very differently by the cultures that reflected it and the language that they were from. Because the language is created by the vibration of the land, and it allows this communication to take place, except for English. English is the only one that uh, is the, uh, uh, not the norm. So, anyway, we, um, this, this way has, uh, um, it uh, is going to show what we need to do. Now, masculine imbalance, part of what it means is that we take your power away from you. That is masculine imbalance. From the get-go, being in the mind is the place where masculine imbalance works all the time. You are uh, ingrained since the get-go, since being born, with uh, uh, learning uh, by being taught, force-taught what you should know, all the way up to PhD and postdoctoral. You're taught what you should know, and you taught, and, and we're here, uh, you know, with a talking head, right? And you're listening to me. I'm supposed to be some kind of authority. <laughs> and that's not true. We all have our authority, but we have learned to give it away. 
That is masculine imbalance manifest. We also see it structurally. There's nothing uh, externally that's created until it's created inside first, inside of us. And we've created all these bad, uh, these negative imbalance structures. Well, nothing new is going to be created until women take them, collectively come together, conduct ceremony, and heal within themselves, and then create this container uh, of creativity on the outside. This container of creativity is invisible. Women's work is always invisible. And unless this container is created, nothing new is going to be created. Everything that you see in the advanced state of art, like you're hearing here today, is not new. It's just a regurgitation of the old in a different form. And it will, may succeed for a short period of time, but over the long period, it's not. It's, um, it won't work. It's guaranteed it will not work. This, and we also say that, uh, you know, we must pay attention to what we focus on. Are we focusing on what we're trying to move away from? or what we're trying to move towards. Because what we choose to focus on becomes the reality. So all of you who, be, who are do, uh, doing good things or trying to do good things, think about where you are. Think about whether or not you're reacting to a situation or you're proactive in creating a vision of something totally new. So, um, women, you have a great work challenge ahead of you. You, have, you were born into womanhood, downloaded from your mother and your lineage, the masculine imbalance harm. And then you're born into a woman's body. And that in itself has its own uh, things. And then you have the life of a woman that, uh, that you experience, masculine imbalance everywhere. We all do. Men are not any different. But women, you have to work at it and get that heal. And you don't have to do it like men do it, which takes time. Man takes years. Women can do it in minutes. Yeah. You know, um, I think about if, if men, um, uh, you know, if they had their moon time, if we had moon time, we'd declare a national holiday. <laughs> yeah. And then when we work, we have signs that says, men working. Uh, okay. <laughs> so I will, I will leave you with this. The men, we are to protect the sacred space of women so that they can do their work. But men, to get there, we have got to get into the heart. We have to get into the heart. 
And in fact, that's the true for all of us. We have to do what is necessary to get back into the heart. Thank you very much.